because we noticed once she left and never came back. But she did shit in our shower and clogged it. And we still have no idea why, because the toilet was right next to it. <laughs> Welcome to Porn and Coffee, the weekly adult industry podcast, bringing you the latest from the greatest in the adult entertainment industry. Naked and caffeinated and ready to go. Here are your hosts, Jay Copita and Thomas Gab Helen. Hey everybody and welcome to Porn and Coffee. I'm your host Thomas Govelin and uh, with me as always over in the US of A of Donald Trump is Jay Kupita. <laughs> Jay Kupita from whynot.com. How are you Jay? Are you still alive? Uh, I guess for now I'm still alive but who knows that could change at any time. You know what I actually owe an apology to the industry because I actually said on the stage from the Live Cam Awards in Barcelona about a year ago that uh, there's no way possible that that, you know, fucker Donald Trump would ever get elected president. And hey, I was wrong. But then again, you know, I, I could never expect that, you know, winning with the minority of the vote that he uh, would still win. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a relevant. It's new. It's 2017. Um, the first episode of the year is a little bit late because, yeah, bunch of shows. Uh, mm-hmm. You went to AVN, you went to Internex, you had a lot of fun. You were traveling Europe like crazy. So. I was traveling Europe. Yeah. yeah, I did my stuff over here. We so, took a well-deserved uh, hiatus. Yeah, we did that. Uh, but now we're back and we have uh, plenty of episodes coming up. Today we're going to talk about uh, Stefan. Uh, Stefan, one of the uh, owners of Amazing Content. He's a producer of VR, reality lovers. Uh, been in the industry for many years. And uh, I'm sure he's going to have some interesting stories to tell. I mean, how can you not in his line of work? He, he's running a company called Amazing Content. And this episode's going to be <laughs> Amazing Content. So... <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. But first, of course, we're going to thank our beloved sponsors. We have one one new sponsor this year. And we really want to thank uh, Jan and Aero Advertising for coming on the show and sponsoring us. Very happy for his his time and belief in our project. That's awesome. Yeah, Jan is a great guy. So thank you very much, Jan, and the whole crew over at Aero Advertising. We love you. And uh, for the other two sponsors, they sound a little bit like this. Adult Force is the worldwide leader in adult premium products. Adult Force is your destination to do big business with all of these brands, including Brazzers, Reality Kings, Mofos, Digital Playground, Pornhub Premium, Twisties, Babes, Wicked, Fake Hub, and more on pay sites. We also have Men, Sean Cody, Bromo, and the newly launched Reality Dudes Network on gay pay sites, and Nutaku.net, N-U-T-A-K-U.net. To promote the latest craze, adult video games. So you have a choice of flat rates, pay top CPM, PPS, Red Share, PPL, and on it goes. Just go to adultforce.com today and check it out. Morning Coffee is sponsored by the Gaelic WWW Conference, taking place June 19 to 22, 2017, in beautiful Ireland. This unique event provides a simply amazing venue and environment for networking, closing business deals, and forging new strategic partnerships. Let the Gaelic WWW Conference be a part of your continued journey towards your path to success. We hope to see you there. All right, everybody, we are back, and back from hiatus for that matter. But you know, all really good, important shows, whether it's TV or radio or podcasts or whatever, they need to take a break from all their hard work and, you know, sit back and enjoy the fruits of their labors. Right, Thomas? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, today... 
Today, uh, bringing us back in, we have uh, Stefan, Stefan Geisler, also known as Madalton, but we put Madalton to rest after what? <laughs> after a 10-year... Uh, yes, we've killed Madalton. So essentially, <laughs> Stefan, you all know him. He's, uh, I think, one of our first content producers that we've had as a guest on Porn & Coffee. Uh, he's co-owner of Amazing Content, which has been in business for the better part of 10 or more years in the industry. And uh, he also is, I guess, one of the exclusive shooters for uh, virtual reality for reality lovers, which is a part of First Mobile Cash. And uh, we're really thrilled to have you on today, Stefan. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. And welcome from over here. I think it's amazing that you wake up one day and say, I want to make amazing content. And then it's like, <laughs> that's going to be our business name. <laughs> Actually, I was looking at some point, I was just looking for a domain for temporary stuff. And I found amazing content as a drop domain. So I just took it and... <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so tell me how you got started in the industry, Stefan. Like, what what were you doing before? Actually, I come from mainstream business. I used to work for Siemens Medical, so I was selling dentist equipment, like dental chairs, X-rays, stuff like that. From there, I went into um, the print industry. So, for two years, I was working in a pre-print company. We were making catalogs for cruise ships, but also for medical stuff. Yeah. And then at some point, um, the whole content thing started as a joke uh, among my band. Actually, my band was called Ma Dalton. and this is where the name come from, came from. Ah. And um, what we didn't know back then, even though it's a cartoon about the Wild West and the cowboy and stuff, nobody in the US knows about this because, <laughs> it's, because it's French. So kind of that's why the name never made any sense to Americans before. <laughs> okay. uh, so yeah, it started as a joke among uh, our band members. We saw there was like 2001 or something like that. We saw all the porn sites. We thought people make money with this. So we thought we'd do that as well. We didn't know you can actually buy content. So we started doing our own pictures and videos with not much success. And the little money we made uh, went down with a company, I think Global or Global Sale or something like that, who went out of business and kept all our money. Oh. But, One of those. But uh, I, met my, I, I met my business partner this way. And um, yeah, one day we were sitting with a couple of beers uh, here in Czech Republic. And uh, he told me that people ask him, like, they want to buy videos and pictures and stuff. And I said, hey, that sounds like an interesting business. So let's do that. So I canceled everything, my flat, my girlfriend, my job, and moved over here. Oh, Jesus. How do you cancel your girlfriend? Yeah, what did you do? <laughs> She was a subscription service that went out. No, sorry. <laughs> she kind of was unhappy that I was already taking pictures at that time of naked girls. Yeah. So it was basically it's me or the job, and uh, yeah. See, you have an idea how that decision went. So, so why why Czech Republic then? What what is uh, so amazing with that country? Besides, of course, it's a lot of lovely women over there. Well, yeah. this is actually one of the main reasons, because um, in Germany, we had huge problems finding proper girls. And uh, Czech really? Republic, obviously, is full of it. But you've yeah. got to look at it this way, though. Germany has a huge population. I mean, I think Germany has more people than any other country in Europe, right? There's got to be a ton of beautiful women there. It's not the same. And on top of that, women in Czech Republic seem to have kind of loose morals when it comes to sexual adventures, and um, that ah. makes them more open to uh, what we do. Yeah, just like me and Jay. Exactly. 
I consider myself a Czech woman. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely one of the uglier. You, you guys have been to Prague, I know that. And um, you might have noticed when you walk through the streets that there's plenty of nice looking girls over here. So. Oh, dude, they're so freaking gorgeous. I, you know, the women in Czech Republic and Slovakia. I mean, there's a lot of gorgeous women over there, too. Obviously, man, basically yeah. same people, more or less. Right. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. ridiculous. I walk around with a heart on any time I'm just walking around. <laughs> So, Stefan, you then have been making content for more than 10 years now, right? Right. We started the company officially in 2003. So, what will you say is the biggest difference between making content like back in the day and uh, what it is to make content in 2017? First of all, for us, in the very beginning, we were mostly doing just solo picture sets. Basically, yes, picture sets. So, we had clients who would order like 20, 30, 50 picture sets of the same girl and maybe two or three videos here and there. Obviously, this has totally changed. I mean, we still have a couple of clients who prefer picture sets over videos and for some certain niches, this is still a thing. But overall, I mean, uh, videos are nowadays, you can't ignore them. That's the main thing nowadays. And when you say a client, that will be a typical just like reality lovers and stuff like this. This is a client and yes. they would come to you and say, I will have something with a Donald Trump look and a little bit like this and that's up to you to cast. Basically, yeah. I mean, what, what uh, sets us apart from other content producers that we always did both things like custom content production for certain clients. Plus we have our online store where we license stuff. So over the years, one thing always went up and down a little than the other, but there was always still something going on Oh, since we started. So we never really had to worry about like, oh, we need to go out of business or something like that. But still the, the custom content production is our main business. It started back then in the days with clients like Carabs, like ATK, like Twisties where we are shooting uh, a lot of picture content, mostly, and then it evolved from there. I mean, let me ask you this, how things shifted? Because, I mean, you know, I'm sure tube sites and, you know, a lot of affiliate programs kind of taken a nosedive, must have taken a big piece out of your action, as well for the fact that it just seemed like there was maybe more gonzo stuff and people had smaller budgets, so they weren't buying as much. The budget, I mean, the budget is something you work with. It occasionally still happens that people come to me and say, like, can you do me a boy-girl custom video for $500? And I say, no, sorry, I can't do that because that's what we pay the girl. And right. so what about the rest? There's people out there who manage to shoot on a budget like that. We never try because we are not like a like one guy production and his girlfriend does the makeup, but we are a company with like a, up to 10 people when we need to. So there's like infrastructure you have to pay. You have certain costs. And right. this is why we can't work with any given budget. Um, for us, uh, a big change started when Dcash uh, started buying everything because some of our clients disappeared that way. Then Menwin started buying everybody. So this kind of consolidation took away a lot of clients because they had their in-house crews and so clients disappeared that way. Right. The tubes? Well, it's a difficult story because I'm not per se somebody who's against tubes because I see they being there for a reason. Of course, it hurt, but I also see that those clients we have that embrace the tubes and use the tubes actually do good today, while those who were 
trying to fight them mostly disappeared because there is no other traffic anymore. There is no TGP or MGP traffic or something like that in that way before than used to be. And when I look at what happened back then when the tubes came up, how many payside owners were still sitting on their, let's say, cookie cutter sites with like 20 MG, uh, MPEG-1 videos and, and, and were still asking for like 39.95 with uh, five cross sales while the tube was offering like thousands and thousands of videos for free uh, i can't blame the tube or i can't blame the user that he uses the tube instead of using my overpriced offer so just blaming the tubes because they existed i think is the wrong way to look at this so yeah, yeah. because like some of the solo sites back in the days i mean you can finish wanking through that in one day and then you have seen all the content but still you want 39 dollars for per month and there's maybe one video coming out right exactly exactly and um i press i, I see tubes like uh, uh free tv which is like paid by advertising and then you have like pay tv where you get the higher quality and the newer yeah. stuff and uh, i think both can coexist they do coexist the only thing i ask the tube side owners is like make sure everything's up there is like legal and licensed so yeah. and um we worked over the years with a couple of tube sites and i can say that a lot more stuff you see on the tubes where you think it's like illegally uploaded is actually licensed because many tube owners have spent insane amount of money on on, on licensing content so I don't have a problem with that. That's a good thing to know because it wasn't like... No, it wasn't like that. That's a good no, thing. No, it wasn't like that. But also in the beginning, um, you will probably hear from a couple of tube site owners, they tried to license content and nobody wanted to give them anything. On the other hand, nowadays, everybody has already sold out. So who wanted to get out of business for much less money than they could have gotten back then. How is the license uh, policy at the moment? I mean, are you still as a production company, you have the ownership of everything that you shoot, but you are selling the right to use it? Or how do you guys operate? Yeah, basically, I think from a legal point of view, we are, no matter if we license non-exclusive or exclusively, I think technically we are still the copyright owners, but we grant our exclusive customers an exclusive license of using the content if you look at it from a legal point of view yeah i mean we're getting a really nice education here because a lot of times you know i mean I, i've worked with content providers before like webmaster central you know uh but a lot of how the scheme works and everything i mean this is this is pretty important stuff you know a lot of people just kind of take a lot of this stuff for granted mm, absolutely how is it working with the models i mean uh, before i understand that the models were often connected to a production company and often only working for one production company but now it's like a shopping mall you need to go out and shop what the customer needs why yeah basically for example we have uh, clients where we shot like 100 200 episodes of the same stuff and mm. so you need like 100 or 200 different girls yeah and we don't have the time to scout for models ourselves so um the lucky thing is here in czech republic we have a bunch of agencies that actually do work in this field who actually come up with new girls and i know that we're here are in a kind of good position because in other countries it doesn't work for example germany it doesn't work that well so here i can really go to an agency tell her like okay next week i need five girls and she gives me 10 and i can pick five of them and most of the time it works out like that that's we're pretty lucky with that over here you know what i've got a stupid question here because i mean i've sat in on shoots well actually like i have any intelligent questions anyway on a few shoots here and there over the years and it's i can't do it i mean first of all i suck with a camera anyway so i could never be a content producer but just like being on the set when the model's like yeah it's okay if jay hangs out or whatever 
I usually got to leave within five or 10 minutes because I cannot separate myself from the action. How the hell do you do it? Well, <laughs> it's routine, I would say. The thing I, for me is, like yeah, you said in the, in the introduction, I'm the co-owner of this company. So I have a business partner and he's taking care of all the production part. So in the beginning, I also shot some stuff myself, mostly the videos. But like you, I suck at that. Not because I cannot hold the camera correctly or something like that, but mostly because I do not have the personality to flirt with the girls and to create an atmosphere where you actually create erotic content. Huh. Um, I'm more like bossing them around, like now this position, now that position. And um, well, it's not porn what comes out. It's more like gymnastics. Well, you know what, people need what you have. I mean, that's that's an important, you know, that's an important attitude and position to take. Whereas I would sit yeah. there, I'd probably forget to take the lens cap off, and then I'd have to set the camera down and go, okay, you know, let's uh, you know, let's get it on for a little bit, okay? So, uh, yeah, I would come off as extremely unprofessional, but I think I would set the mood and get a really good. Uh, dialogue going with the models because that's my specialty but of course uh, you get desensitized over the years yeah see that's what i wonder i mean i would worry about that when i started out i was like if there's the day where i don't look after a pretty girl um i'm gonna quit this business because then i know i'm ruined because in my very early days i met some very unpleasant people who would like be nice and flirt with the girls uh when they are in the room and once the girls left the room they were just like shit talking them and i never wanted to be like that because we depend on the girls uh uh in this business without them we can just wank off ourselves or something like that so (laughs) well if it make the same amount of money (laughs) well you can you can try but um without the girls it would be a pretty boring business so and i do see no reason to treat them like shit so um, yeah well i mean the thing is as well is you know, do you think there might ever come a day where you don't really need models? You can make everything virtual so that there's really no real people in anything? I mean, you theoretically, you there, and there's people who work in that direction. Yes. For yeah. me, still, um, and I had that discussion in, in Vegas a couple of times uh, last week. You could make them look almost like real, but if you see a video of a girl and then you see she's close to orgasm and the eyes roll back and she's flashing red and everything i'm not sure if you can recreate that uh in a computer as pretty as it may look and for me this is a huge difference in in turn on uh uh, you can make a nice computer model yes and you can even think oh wow that's sexy and everything but to see like raw human sexuality is uh i think still something very different and i don't think you can recreate that in a computer I guess it all also depends on the market. I mean, the Asian market is crazy at the moment, so they are going in that direction. And most of the men over there are happy with the Tamaguchi. So, uh, okay, I mean, sure. I mean, also hentai has this reason to be there. Yeah. And, and then maybe the younger generation that uh, grows up on gaming and stuff sees it differently. But I'm probably too old for that. <laughs> well, can you tell us any uh, interesting or fun stories from maybe one of your shoots or one of the sets maybe never told before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like maybe a really popular girl shit the bed or something like that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, well, actually, it always comes down to shit when, 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 <laughs> when, when, the, when the fun... It's a German thing. It's a German thing. Scheiße, <laughs> Phil! No Germans were involved besides holding the camera, and that was <laughs> involuntarily at that point. But I think the the two main stories here would be like one girl who, for some what reason ever, we will never find out because we noticed once she left and and never came back. But she 
did shit in our shower and clogged it and we still have no idea why because the toilet was right next to it. So, really, I don't know why. It's hard to not make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll never find out. Uh, uh, but yeah, we were wondering what's up with that. Um, oh, and the other uh, thing was more. The other thing was more like an accident. You imagine like a girl uh, and a guy in '69 position, and while she was going down on his cock, uh, some actually ball of poop fell out of her ass and right on the guy's forehead and rested there. What did he do? Did he freak oh out? Did he laugh? Was I mean, what do no, you do? We, seriously, when you when you are when you're a porn actor, I think there's almost no shame to anything anymore. So everybody just laughed it off. So and then well, that's so good. like like the guys I never I will never understand it from that point of view. But if you do things like double vaginal or double anal or whatever, and yeah. two dicks rubbing at each uh, in the same asshole, or I don't, it's not a job for me. I can't do it because I just read this week that some company invented like a gas mask to have smell of of to have the smell uh, uh, of porn to matching to the stuff you're watching. You don't want to recreate the smell on the porn set. You don't want to. <laughs> you know, what does it smell like a combination of like ass and cheese and There's body odor? Everything, everything. Um, wow. I mean, of course, people shower before, but if you're going at it for two, three hours and there's anal involved and stuff like that, sure. yeah, you don't want the smell. It takes the beauty out of porn. I mean, that's, you know, obviously the thing that the fans don't need to see or know about because, uh, you know, it can turn them off. So there's also people. People ask me if they if they can come in on the porn set and watch. First of all, we never do that because every person on set that doesn't belong there is one person too much and kind of destroys the mood. And second, you fantasize how it would be and then you see reality and then you're disappointed. And so it's better to keep your fantasy how you imagine it would be being on a porn set instead of seeing the reality, which doesn't mean that it's always just like hard work and everyone's like really tense or stuff, but... It can also be fun, but it's not what you see in the video later the whole time, at least. It's the same with our podcast. I mean, it, it seems like we are having fun, but it's actually really hard work. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, let's move to the future. You did a big jump last year, or was it the year before? You jumped yes, into no, VR. It was. Uh, it started out in uh, November 2015. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You partnered up with First Mobile Cash, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We know Vene already for like 10 years or something like that. We always did like small business together. But back then, he asked us about virtual reality. If we ever tried it, we said, no, not yet. He said, like, want to meet up and look at it that we did. And that was the first time I saw like virtual reality videos in a Samsung Gear headset back then, which was still development kit. And I thought, man, that's awesome. It opened my eyes to a totally different world. And we said, yeah, we want to try that. We are on board. So we started researching. And uh, like three months later, we were shooting um, the first content. And uh, then in May 2016, Reality Lovers launched. And yeah, at some point last year, they asked us, like, guys, we want to do more and more and more. And um, we would like to ask you to focus uh, just on us when it comes to virtual reality. And then we said, okay, let's deal this out. And we found a good deal for both sides, I think. And this is why we now shoot exclusively the VR content for reality lovers. So if you go down to like the details on how you actually shoot this, I mean, what is the steps that you need to go through to do this process? Well, the stupid thing about virtual reality is 
at this point is there's no camera you can take out of the box and start shooting. So basically you have to build your rack yourself. I was asking around also in Vegas, the others that produce virtual reality at this point, basically everybody still is stuck with the GoPro cameras. We all tried different cameras, but we all came back to the GoPros at some point because they simply at this time deliver the best result. So you put them in a rig, right? Bunch of right. them in a rig. Basically you build your own rig with this. Yeah. Uh, everybody does it differently. The GoPros do not react very well when you use them indoors for like 30-40 minutes in a row. They heat up and then they shut down unexpectedly and then they ruin your stuff because just one camera fails and the other still keeps going and then you have the cam shot only on one camera and then you can throw away the whole scene basically. Uh. Okay. Um, it's really horrible. The cameras are horrible. So we really, really tuned them with like different things like like external batteries and, and heat shields and, and, and everything. So to make them last longer, which works now. So and then after you have uh, the videos, you, you have like two videos, one for the left eye, one for the right eye. And then you have to work on them. You have to work on the fish eye to make it straight again. And you have to put the left and the right together so that they match. And then at the end, you have to edit the video itself. So it's the post-production is much more extensive compared to like regular 2D porn. Yeah. And there's many pitfalls. Found them all. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these 360 cameras that is out there, that's, that's not for VR. Well, there's still a discussion going on if 360 is actually virtual reality or if it's just like 360. Uh, for porn, most of the people settled at the moment for the 180 degree and 3D because when you look at the videos most of them are done from a POV position and uh, it's the goal to get the person who watches the video that he can immerse into the video that he really feels like the person who is in the video and uh, being that person laying on a bed you would also not watch your, the wall behind you so yeah, right. um, there's no reason for having the other 180 degrees. Does it make a difference regarding like the male porn model? Because I mean, I've looked at a lot of different VR before. And like if I have a similar skin color and dick size as the model in the video, I feel more connected to the model that's actually blowing and fucking me. No, I mean, it sounds hilarious. But I mean, you know, if the guy's like, you know, got dark skin and he's back in like, you know, a foot long salami, I'm feeling like, well, you know, this doesn't really feel like me kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's people who can deal with it. And then there's people, hey, uh, I cannot feel myself immersed into this video because I'm cut and the other person in the video is not cut or right. vice versa or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, at, the, some, at some point, you wonder if people take it a slight bit too seriously. Um, no, but it is the same when you're actually watching 2D porn, right? I mean, what are you looking for there? I mean, is it the guy, if that's have the same skin color as you and the same dick size, or is it more like for the whole thing? But I guess it's easier to be in a fantasy when you see everything around and there's right, a story. Right, it makes a big right? difference. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's, it's not the same as because if you watch a 2D video, you never feel connected to one of the actors in the video and uh, one goal in vr is to make you feel connected to what's happening in the video this is also something when you shoot vr which makes a big difference because in porn before we were like looking for the right angle to show penetration best or something like that and mm. it was basically up to the male actor 
to put the girl in the right position because he knows where the camera is. And so he shifts around the girl in a way that the camera guy sees penetration best or whatever. So now we have the male actor just laying there doing nothing, maybe not even moving his hands, not making a sound, basically watching the ceiling. And um, the girl is the one who has to take care of all the different positions and uh, has to keep in mind uh, to keep looking at the camera and all these things. So for the guy, it's really hard because if you, ever, I don't know if you ever tried having sex by just laying flat on your back, not doing anything, watching the ceiling. If not, try it with your girlfriend and see, tell me how that worked out. Recently spoke to a girl and she said, yeah, it's basically now I have to, she said, no, I have to do all the work. <laughs> yeah. so it's true. So it's a big difference shooting VR and you have to keep in mind, you can do things in VR that you cannot do in regular porn. Like, for example, you can shoot a missionary person where you don't even show penetration, but it's still sexy because you just have the girl's face right in front of your face, basically. I got to say, when I, was, uh, when I was at the recent AVN show and, uh, you know, I was at the Reality Lovers booth and I can't remember that girl that was signing over there, but, uh, you know, I got to try in the goggles. I saw you and Shelby and everyone else there. And, uh, yeah, the VR, even, with, even in standing in a room where there's like a million people around me and a lot of them are dudes... I was still pretty turned on looking through the goggles and seeing the action, specifically because of how the model was relating directly to the camera. It was amazing. Yeah. There was there was Bobby Dylan. We got her from OC Modeling, so great right. people to work with, actually. Yeah. And uh, she was awesome. She was really, really awesome. And what we didn't know before we booked her was that she used to work at Radio Shack, and uh, she had a pretty extensive knowledge about Samsung and Samsung gear and VR. And she could actually explain the people uh, how to use the headset and scroll back and forth and whatever. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't expect that from her, but she was really awesome. Okay, we'll we learn a lot here. But uh, 10 years of this, what would you say you love the most or hate the most about your job? Well, whatever I did in, in, in all my business life was selling stuff. So like I said, I sold medical equipment before. Now I sell licenses. So yeah. I like to interact with people. I like to go to shows. I like to meet people, hang out with them, have a beer, talk some business. The rest of the time I work from home. I have my piece here. Nobody's bothering me if I don't want to. Not, not having to go to an office, put on a suit or something like that uh, is already something I'm, I'm really, really happy about. So having that freedom is really, really something I, I treasure. We talked a little bit about VR and VR that is kind of the future that we are living in right now. But you see it turns into something else when we are talking about production. What What is after VR? I mean, it, it needs to be something. Absolutely. First of all, people who think like VR is something like back then 3D, which is like a fad and will go away in a year or two, uh, they cannot be more wrong than that. Yeah. Because... You see how big companies like Facebook, like Google, like Apple, Microsoft, how much billions of dollars they invest in VR at this time. This is something that they won't give up easily. Then we haven't even explored yet uh, all the possibilities VR gives you in mainstream, in tourist, in real estate, in medical business, actually. So there is still a huge future in this. When it comes to what's next, there's surely something at some point where we have mixed reality, augmented reality. And my goal at some point would be that you have a holographic girl right next to you on your bed. And yeah. you can just lay down next to her and talk to her or watch what she's doing. Technically, 
it would be possible already today. Okay. So I explored the possibilities and uh, with a little investment, you can do exactly that today. You can have a holographic girl in your bedroom. The thing is, it would cost a lot of money to shoot it right now. And there's nobody who has devices or almost nobody besides yeah. Microsoft HoloLens who can make use of it and uh, pay potentially $29.95 to watch something like that. So it makes no sense to do it at this point. Yeah. It would be just for the headlines. But the holographic girl in your bed, she will be there. Damn. Then it's hope for me and you too, Jay. Yeah. Just when I thought there was no... <laughs> Awesome. We're coming to an ending here very soon, but yeah, Jay, is this uh, a new way of your favorite questions, maybe? Uh, you know what? I'll probably piece this together on a few things. First of all, I wanted to ask Stefan, do you have any favorite models that you really enjoy working with? Are there any particular shout outs to some of these girls that you want to give while you have a chance here? Oh, besides Bobby Dylan that I mentioned earlier, yeah, one of the girls we worked with recently, see... Like, since I work from home, I do not get to meet that many of them. But one that really stuck in my mind was uh, a girl from Czech Republic. Her stage mm -hmm. name was Peach, famous big boob model, like eight, nine years ago. She was really funny. See, for me, it's not about a particular girl, but if you see that a girl has actually fun on a shoot, then it's also for you as the producer, it's fun. Instead of having to convince somebody to take a certain position or... And, and unfortunately, nowadays, there are not too many, like, really super pretty, awesome models that act professionally anymore like it was 10 years ago. Because 10 years ago, you would focus much more on this particular girl, like... People like Twisties or so, they shot girls over and over again. They did like 20, 30 sets of them. Now it's all about like reality or something. And then you make a girl look as amateurish as possible. And um, you have her once and then you never have her back. At the same time, um, they got a lot of exposure through the tube sites and everywhere. So a girl that comes into the business sometimes shoots like two, three scenes. Then already all the neighbors and everybody recognizes her. And then she gets scared and then she drops out of business. And, and the really pretty girls, they, I have to say, nowadays rather go into doing escort instead of doing porn. Because in porn, there's way less money to earn. The careers are much shorter and right. um, they totally lose their privacy. So they rather, well, unfortunately, really girls like Victoria Zimanova from over here or Kyla Cole or famous... Czech and Slovak models from the 90s, 2000s, um, girls like that. Hard to find anymore today, if not gotcha. impossible. Yeah, Paul Markham ruined them all. <laughs> I had to bring up that name. Okay, now that we're all laughing and giddy here, I want to put you on the spot. Do you have any crushes on any of the B2B girls in this industry that is soon going to be not so secret? I, of, There's so many awesome girls I, I met in this business. And when... Yeah. Because obviously, eventually my girlfriend will hear this, so I have to be careful with this. But yes. um, it is amazing also when I explained her that it's not just a guy's business. And there are so many girls in this business which are not just pretty faces, and mm. many of them do have pretty faces, but who are actually hardworking businesswomen and oh, in, yeah. this in this business. And despite the fact that many of us guys are jerks that try to hit on them. Yeah. Um, they they still stand their ground, and I think this is this is something uh, which which makes this business so amazing for me. That that it's not just like pervert guys, but it's a lot of really really cool women working in this business. And just naming one of them or two would be like unfair to all the others. Okay. But 
You're taking the safe route. I get it. But no, I mean, yeah, yeah. Those, 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 I mean, no already, I would assume. Thank you so much, uh, Stefan, for taking uh, part of this episode of uh, Porn and Coffee. Thanks for having me. Yeah, next week, of course, we're going to be back with a brand new episode of Porn and Coffee. In the meantime, remember to work hard, be nice to people, and try not to get lost or killed. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Porn and Coffee. Be sure to check out what's brewing with us every week. 